We now turn our attention to some hoops, and we are utterly thrilled to welcome him into the program, a man who knows one or two things about the sports. NBL commentators will look at the Australian basketball team. David Lithgow from uh, SEN Saturdays in Tassie joins the program. David, how are you doing? Good morning, Daniel. Great to be on with you, mate. Oh, I appreciate your time. I really do. There's plenty of AMBL headlines going around, including Illawarra firing the head coach, plus the Jack Jumpers hosting uh, the New Zealand Breakers to be, begin around eight. Should we talk about the dumped coach at Illawarra? Walla, uh, there, 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 there. I'll get that word out eventually. Uh, a, a shock, a surprise? How would you judge that story? Um, look, it's certainly a mild surprise. Um, it, it's, look, it's a tough gig, isn't it, Daniel, when you come in on the back of uh, one of the great coaches in NBL, Australian basketball history. And look, they've just been struggling, haven't they? They just haven't, they just haven't got things right. Uh, they've tried to mix things up. They, they changed the rotation completely for the last game. And you do feel for a little bit for him, but that's the business, isn't it, now? And obviously, Tatum steps up as the coach and very much the understanding is that it's it's his job to lose for the rest of the year and then moving forward, who knows? Um, obviously, a, a big name in the sport, certainly with his son as one of the best five or six players in, in the world, in Jason Tatum, of course. So, again, it's some really – it's some good names into into our league, isn't it, which is – Continuing to evolve all the time. We've um, you, you look at the at the NBA draft next year, and it's this stage littered with five or six NBL players. Um, so I, I like that part of it, Daniel. I like the fact that um, you know we've 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 got a, another name into the coaching ranks. But you've got to feel for the young fella. Really difficult, but they've had a tough couple of years, haven't they, Lawara? And that's the ruthless reality of professional sport. Yeah, hard on the heels of some legendary coaches, as you rightly point out. Um, are their telephones still on? It seems what News Corp's reporting, there might be an SOS call to some of those <laughs> legendary coaches. Well, quite possibly. But look, it, it does appear that, um, you know, Tatum steps in as the coach now. And look, a little bit of stability, isn't it, is, is what's required in Illawarra. And, and I'd, I would, if I was a betting man, um, which I am, a losing one, albeit, I, I would I would hazard to guess that that he stays in the role for the rest of the year. Right. But you don't know. I mean, Brian Gorgian, what I mean, he's nearly seventy. Uh, does he want to get back in full swing in the NBL? Um, yeah, it, 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 it's an interesting one. But it, the the depth of the league and how difficult the league league is is really on display, isn't it? And it just just fascinates me. It evolves and gets better every year, and and these things. You know, this professional aspect of it, which is very brutal, um, it's there for us all to see. What is he taking over? Like, what's been going wrong on court that he needs to write? Well, that's a great question. And, I mean, and, and you look at you look at where they are. I mean, the, the problem is, and I see it, it's a, it's a, and I'll say it again, it's such an awfully tough league, isn't it? You know, that... The depth is is crazy. I mean, like you look at, and we're, we're, we'll talk about the Jack Jumpers in New Zealand this week. But you know, I look at this game as a as a huge a huge problem for Tasmania because it doesn't matter if you're playing the bottom two sides of the competition, everyone is quite is capable. Um, with the Illawarra, you know, the Clark's been playing okay. They put Harvey onto the bench for the last game. Um, 
Young Oldbridge. I mean, you don't be expecting a 19-year-old, you know, with future NBA prospects to be starring, but he he isn't probably given what they wanted. Um, Sparkle Bullock came across, of course, and he's a defensive-minded player, so he's never going to be scoring big numbers. The inconsistency of Frolling, I, I don't think there's a cure there that, that's going to automatically have them challenging the best four or five in the co- teams in the competition, and that's the other argument in terms of the coach. I mean, did he have the cattle to compete? Um, golly, it, it's it, it, again, it's such a tough league, and um, yeah, you feel sorry for that young man, but that is that is the business we're in. Right, let's talk about the Jack Jumpers, for which you know one or two things, fair to say. Now, now my understanding of, of expansion teams is they take some time to sort of bed in to become competitive. Not this bunch. <laughs> the, the, what, what, what have yeah. they done? What, what do you think they've done right from the outset that has given them the such solid base? Look, it's a great question, one we've all talked about and asked and, and tried to dig deep to find out what is the – the magic formula. I mean, most things certainly come back to Coach Scott Roth, who uh, came here with almost a bunch of misfits in year one that was got together in a three or four months before the start of the season. Um, a few cast-offs, some good young Australian talent, which were put on reasonable contracts and a couple of good initial imports, and they make a grand final, um, which was remarkable. And then obviously backed things up last year with a, with a semi-final loss, albeit what I thought was a, was a better New Zealand team, um, albeit they've got a, obviously a lot different squad this year. Uh, they they have a they have a no BS policy, that's for sure. And I know you hear that all the time with uh, good clubs. Is the, their culture is everything to them, and the, and the people they bring in is critical to the environments and the tone they set, not just on the court. Uh, the stadium, but in the community, um, and it's and it's just terrific. They, you know, Coach Roth is a fascinating human, and he has a, a real ability to to galvanise with an ethos of good humans, firstly and foremostly, and that very much has trans, you know, transformed onto the court. And look, they're they're good. They're doing things. I, I think I think you know, looking at this season. In terms of depth, punch, uh, scoring ability, etc., um, they they look to have the best squad they've had. Um, but that doesn't guarantee success. But they're they're going well. You know, they've beaten they've beaten Melbourne, they've beaten Sydney twice. Uh, the top two teams in the competition. They get a, a reasonable look at the draw over the next couple of weeks. The break's coming up next week, of course, for the fever break. But th- Again, that doesn't guarantee you wins. And, you know, we'll talk about Thursday night's game in Launceston. You know, I've actually been waiting for New Zealand to uh, come good, so to speak. I mean, it's such a different look, isn't it? There's no Brownlee, there's no Brown, there's no Pardon, uh, et cetera. And injuries, of course, to Cheatham. But I, I have quite – I've thought that the breakers have been not far away. and I thought that was demoralising their last loss to Perth. Um, but they're, they're in absolute desperate mode and they've got a good record in Launceston. They've played there a couple of times and beaten the Jack Jumpers twice. So they will be confident. Scott, Scott Roth knows, and he's talked about in the media this week, that there is no taking that game for granted at all. From a Jack Jumpers perspective, they certainly want to keep rolling now. That's a must win for them. 
they yeah, the difference with them, I think, is Daniel is, you know, with Josh Majette and what you had previously in last year, who was a very serviceable point guard, a good leader, etc. You replace him now with a Crawford, who's just an out and out scorer, an offensive threat that they just didn't have a, a sort of second or third option last year. That told in the New Zealand series in the finals, and Brownlee and Brown in particular got hold of them. Um, it's a fascinating story, Daniel. You know, here they are in their third season. They look to be one of the best three or four teams in the competition again. That doesn't happen too often, you know, no. in world sport. And it, 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 it really is interesting. And from a Tasmanian perspective, it's very exciting that, and you know, the whole state's got behind the team. Yeah, Scott Roth's a fascinating character. Uh, for, for those on the side of the Tasman unaware, uh, what an incredible career he's had, uh, firstly as a player, but he's got nearly 30 years of coaching experience, so much time in the NBA. He must be a fascinating guy just to talk ball with, right? Like the yarns he would add. He is. No, he's very, very much a fascinating guy. And as you said, he spent so, ma- so much time around the different di- different teams in the, in the NBA, of course, had a... He was a journeyman very much in the in terms of what he did in on the on the court. He spent time in a lot of the Midwest teams at Utah and Dallas, uh, etc. And a role player uh, would be best describe his career. But you've got a couple from my childhood. I've got a couple mm. basketball cards of his actually. Would you believe? And um, so you know, you look back at his stats, etc. He was never a dominant player, that's for sure. But He's, he's coached all over the NBA. He's been on several teams as an assistant coach. Uh, he's very close with Dirk Nowitzki, for example. They've got a great relationship, hence the conversations about whether Nowitzki was going to be one of the part owners of the, the Tassie team. But, yeah, spent some time in Perth when they won some championships of recent times. And, um, he, he's almost so emotionally attached to Tasmania. He's sort of stepped in and, uh, he's he's immediately feel, felt embraced and feels part of the community. He's obviously moved over here now and full time, and uh, such an emotional dude, isn't he? Highly respected, um, and yeah, he he's uh, he's he's tough when he needs to be. He'll give extraordinary sprays at times. I watch him <laughs> just in front of me, the bench where we're calling. He he's got a bit of that old school angle to him, Daniel as well. Um, but they're good, and and I think they're going to be hard to beat again this year. You know, it really is an even competition. Sydney are good still, but they're not the Sydney previous. I don't see Vasilovic, I don't see Cooks, and and all of those things. So it's a darn good competition, Daniel. It it, it really is. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. Hey, Tasmania was a bit of a home away from home for the Breakers during the pandemic affected season. So, what it kind was. of atmosphere are, are they walking into tomorrow night? Um, well, some would say an, uh, an asylum, a, a zoo. It's absolutely bonkers. I've never, I've never been involved in anywhere where there's been such a, a deafening, crazy noise. It's when you're in, so if you go into a game at Hobart, where New Zealand spent so much time over the, over the, the over the COVID break, it's it's obviously they've had a. Sell out of every game since the inception, as has Launceston. But it's it's so loud. Um, I, I've you know I've I haven't sort of broadcast any sport, and I'm a lot of cricket, a lot of footy, and Australian rules. That is, of course, and 
it's an amazing thing. And everyone that goes there sort of says that this is, in terms of the NBL, it's completely out of control. They've got 3,000 people on the waiting list. They need a bigger stadium. Wow. Uh, they head up They head up to Launceston for a couple of games every year, and that's and that's a, as a win. You know, people travel from all over Tassie to get a tickets. There's pages all over Facebook about buying and selling tickets because you just can't get them. Um, it, it really is a, it's a, an extraordinary thing that's happened. And, of course, this is on the back of Daniel, the, as you may know, that Tasmania recently, of course, was granted a licence into the AFL. So that'll all take care that'll all take care of itself now over the next four or five years. I mean Tasmania very much has always been a very much a heartland of Aussie Rules footy. Um, but a small state with six hundred thousand people thereabouts. They haven't ever got their own team. Well that's about to happen. New stadium happening here in Hobart, which will seat about twenty five thousand people. And of course then the potential there for the Jack Jumpers to to play some games in there is endless. So it's sort of gone, Tasmania as a state has gone from a place where things are quite difficult in the professional landscape that the kids, we haven't had our heroes to barrack for. Do you know what I mean, Daniel? So, so, important. Uh, now, so that, important. Now, now that's changing, uh, the AFL will be monstrous here as well. And for a pure, basketball purist like myself who equally loves the AFL, it's terribly exciting because all our boys and girls you know, now get the opportunity. There's going to be women's team too in the AFL. It's fabulous. They can, they've got their own heroes to barrack for. And that's something that we've sort of lacked here in Tassie. So I'm creeping through my 40s now, unfortunately. Um, I, you know, we all would have loved as a kid to have our own teams to barrack for. Now we've got them and it's really organic. Yeah. I'll get you out on this one. Um, they at the tote, the local tote here in New Zealand, the Jack Jumpers start pretty warm favourites. Would you agree with that against the Breakers? Uh, look, I do. Yeah, no, I do. But I just, I just, you know, look. Let's look at the. Let's look quickly at New Zealand. What they've got coming up? They've got the Jack Jumpers, Illawarra, then the break, the Thirty Sixes. It is season on the line now for them. So they need to be winning two of their next three for mine. Um, there's no Brantley. There's no Brown. There's no Pardon. Um, you know, we know the, the injuries, etc. I, I feel this is a bit of a danger game for Tasmania, but they are going really well. Defensively, they've improved the last couple of games, and that's been a little bit off this year in comparison to previous years. Um, I, and look, the, the, you know, the, the bench, sort of what they're going to do in New Zealand, Lamb's been sensational. You know, six man of the year, there's no doubt about it. But McDowell White... He was incidentally in Borough Reports nearly a jack jumper for this year, re-signed for New Zealand. Not going quite as well, is he? So, um, yeah, I, probably jack jumpers might win this, but I, I do I do think it's a bit of a danger game. The breakers are just, you know, this is, this is all out. This is season. We need to get rolling. So desperation, let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting. It'll be another sellout in Launceston, of course, Again, they've been there the last couple of times and won, so they'll feel really good about themselves, the breakers. David, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, utterly and uh, thrilling listening. Really, really learnt so much about what's going on there, and it sounds like quite the place to be. Uh, enjoy tomorrow night. Hopefully you've got some earplugs. Good on you, mate. Terrific. Thanks for having me.